Such an awesome presence of the Lord here this morning. As, as always, Father, we love you. We seek you. Father, we never act arrogantly. Guys, don't ever talk to someone and in a certain way while you're trying to explain how excited you are for this house, ever talk down to them about where they are or ever present any arrogance or pride because this is a house of God. It's not the house of God. <laughs> you know, God is a great big God. So don't ever uh, in your zealousness uh, try to make it seem as if where you go is superior. Just share what you share. I just want to caution you with that because sometimes we get zealous for what God is doing in our life. And when we share that, we almost operate or walk into pride and it's as if it's a judgment on the person we're talking to. And we don't ever want to judge people. We want to encourage them. So be careful with that. When you post on Facebook, I encourage you right now to get your phones out. We're a different type of church. Get your phones out. Check in on Facebook, whatever you want to do. If God's doing something here or if I say something, it helps us because I know you guys don't get these numbers, but um, every day when I post a declaration, over 350 people, 350 has been the, the smallest amount of people share that. So it's the Word of God. It's not what I'm saying. It's declarations made on the Word of God. So you're promoting that. You're promoting that being shared. And our uh, page now is looked at. Um, last week was a little under 2,000 different people um, plugged into the Facebook page in some way or another, either you reposting. So it's a great tool. But even in doing that, Always do whatever you do in love. Bathe it in love. Come from a place of peace because I don't ever want to make it sound as if we're superior or anything like that because we don't have anything of ourselves. It's God. That's all we're doing, seeking him, seeking after his face. And he's blessing us with his presence and blessing us by bringing people who are like-minded together. And um, I thank him for that. I just want to talk to you just for a few minutes about declaration since we're involved in this six weeks of declaration. How many of you found it awesome and had awesome experiences now that we've started? How many of you have just found it radically life-altering? And it's okay if you didn't. I just want to know because I'm not coming from that place yet. Honestly, this has been one of the most difficult weeks for me in a long time to press in. I, don't, I, don't, I know when I face this type of resistance especially in my flesh and in the spiritual things, that it's, there's really something significant to what God is shifting. And even in a shift or a transition, he never promised any of that would be easy. The enemy doesn't give up ground easily. You know, he entrenches himself in, in the thoughts and, and processes of a region, and he doesn't want to yield that easily. Now, I'm not afraid of that or intimidated by that because light always overcomes darkness. But I've, I've really in my life, found it harder this week to make these declarations than I ever have in my life. Every morning I get up, I don't want to declare them. And I'm like, okay, God, this is crazy because, you know, I was so pumped to enter in this time. I know it's from you, and now that I'm here, it's like this is getting really difficult for me to even say these declarations. When I say them, there's absolutely no energy behind them, you know. And that's what operating in faith is. That's speaking things that are not as though they were. And that's where we're being transformed and trained because 
I think too long the church has associated God's presence or anointing with volume or with um, gimmicks or with ambiance or programming. And so we equate that the presence of God is there because those things are there. And God is, is teaching us how to become one with Him, how to sync ourselves with Him and just become one operating being in the earth. God, us, walking just completely in sync with Him. And we cannot be affected by our emotions, whether we feel or whether... Because how many of you have had instances in your life happen to you that you were not expecting that just totally and completely took your breath away. Bad. All right, we got four. So the rest of you are completely blessed. I mean, you are blessed beyond measure. I can see that in the children's department, but the rest of you are lying. Okay, because I've had good things happen and I've had bad things happen, and some bad things that I've had happen are unexpected. You didn't see it coming. It took your breath away. And so you cannot allow your walk with God to be affected by those things and your emotions, whether you feel good or whether you don't feel good, whether you feel like declaring them, whether you don't. I want you to know, I want to pre-warn you that when you start this journey, you're going to have days when the glory of God encamps around you and you're not going to be able to talk or move or you'll be drunk. And then you're going to have days when you're going to have to press through to even make these declarations. And I just want to encourage you. Even if you don't feel in sync with them, declare them anyway. Because they are the promises of God. If you have your books, if you, if you don't have, we have extra books. Where are they? Does anybody know? Can you see if they're in that closet? If you don't have a book, if you didn't get a declaration book, please pick one up today. Would you see if they're in that closet? You're not going to interrupt me. In the back of the book, the declarations have scripture tied with them. So they are scriptural. We're not just making up things. We're, try, we're tying them to the word of the Lord. And so we want you to make them regardless if you feel like making them because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You get an ability to hear when you receive the word of God. And if we don't have enough, we'll make some more. You can have mine if we don't have enough. I'll, I'll, uh, I don't usually write in it because I just write in my notes. We need an extra. Here's an extra. Me and Angela uh, recopy some more. We have plenty, it looks like. So anyway, press into these things because I believe Justin is, I believe you're plugged into what the Lord's saying. He is transitioning things but and he's shifting things. And what he's doing is he's trying to teach us this key. And I told you it wasn't the only key, but it is a key of how to come into agreement with him and create and God uses words to create. He speaks things into existence. The Word of God says that He speaks things that are not as though they were. Why does He do that? Because He visualizes in His God-like mind, the His God mind that He is, and He sees things the way He sees them. And He knows the way that He can bring that into a reality in our life is for it to be said. So now... He doesn't just speak himself into the earth. Since Christ, he's given us, given. Sorry, I said Morris education coming out in me. Don't take that, don't, don't take that wrong if you're from Morris. All right, it's not a cut. Be highly intellectually a superior and come from Morris. So 
But anyway, that's my devotion to English, which was the subject I hated the most, as you can tell. And I have a, how many of you have a Samsung phone? You realize the keyboard doesn't autocorrect, correct? And Angela's like, I can't believe you have this phone. And you can download one that does. And I said, well, I like this one because it teaches me how to spell correctly, which is a very problematic place for me to learn how to spell. But anyway, God doesn't just speak things into the earth anymore by himself and based upon just his authority as God. Since Christ and since the re-implementation of the kingdom, God now desires to co-labor with us in the releasing and manifesting in the earth. He wants us to partner with him in declarating, in declaring things, in creating things. We have been co-laborers now with him in the earth to create. We've been given the creative quality of God because we're made in his likeness. Now, we didn't have the authority to use that at the time until Christ. When Christ came, the kingdom of heaven had come, earth and heaven now are joined together, and now we have the authority in God to co-create with him. And we do that with words. In the beginning, Genesis 1, God said. That's how God created. God created everything that you see by the word. John chapter 1. There was nothing made except it was made by him. Who? The word. The word created everything you see. So it's not just a belief system in your heart and mind. It's not just an agreement between your mind and heart and spirit. There has to be a creative process that takes place in order for us to see things manifest in the earth. And that creative process, of course, does start with your thoughts, but it's released through your words. Can we kill these fans, man? I apologize for the, you know, some people get hot, some people get cold. And we got great, we have great plans. We met with the finance board Thursday night. We got some great things coming up. We feel like God has given us some instructions on some things to do here. And, you know, we'll give you more information on that when when we have any more information. But but anyway, so knowing that, knowing that God's co-laboring with us in the earth to, to make and create, and he does that through declaration. Because the word declaration itself means to explain, to define, to expound, to give understanding to, and to make known. Now, there are so many scriptures that use the word declare, and there's so many different words, but basically that's a synopsis of what it means to make known, to reveal, all right? It's synonymous with the word to manifest. The word manifest means it's a disclosure or a setting forth of truth to make visible, to uncover, to lay open what has been veiled. Very important that we understand that definition because it's a setting forth of what once was behind the veil. It's very important that you get that because what was once behind the veil? The presence. You weren't allowed back there. You weren't allowed into that presence. What separates us from any other people on the planet? The presence. Now, that presence has been set forth unveiled. Romans 8, 19 says what? For all of creation yearns for the manifestations of the sons of God. For the manifestation, the setting forth, the unveiling of the sons of God. Now, and I understand theologically and doctrinally, that scripture is making reference to 
the culmination of time in which Christ will return and will be completely like him in spirit. I understand that. But it also gives us instruction for our lives today. If all of the word is for heaven, then it's like term life insurance. The only way you can take benefit from it is to die. The only way life insurance is any good is for you to die. And this is more than term life insurance. This is more than just promises of rewards after you die. The word is for us today. So these scriptures have meaning for us today. What is the meaning of Romans 8, 19? For all of creation yearns for the manifestation of the sons of God. The sons of God to be set forth. How? To be unveiled. How? What separates us from any other people? What was once behind the veil? The presence. The presence. What gives us authority when we declare that we can honestly have faith that our declaration will manifest in the earth? Him and His presence and our intimacy with Him. You know in your heart of hearts that intimacy. And you, you become like Him. You know Him. You, you're acquainted with His ways. And in that, you take faith and you have hope. And you know that when you speak based upon His Word that things are going to be created in the earth. So that's what declarations mean. It's more than just positive words, even though we want to have positive words. My, that's a nice-looking dress you have on this morning. Your hair looks nice this morning. Wow, your makeup looks great. Those are positive words, but you're not really releasing a declaration. You're not showing forth the presence of the Lord in that. You're just being nice. And you should always have positive words. Everything that you say should come from a place of life and not death. Blessing and not cursing. should never allow negativity to reign and rule in your thoughts or your words. But a declaration is a little bit more than just positive words. It's a setting forth of something that you expect to see come to manifestation in the earth. It's things that are not as though they were. It's a pre it's a it's a prevision if you will of what god wants in the earth and he allows you to see it and comprehend it and you declare it that's a declaration and i'm telling you that people say oh well you know that's just life you can't people have wills you can't just make them do what you want them to do and i understand free will but i also understand that the people of god have so undermined themselves when it comes to their ability to affect situations and environments. We walk in peace. We have the ability, and I showed you that Wednesday night, to impart peace. Peace is not something that we just obtain to ourselves and we don't want to share. We have the ability to walk in a home and impart peace. If we've been given that authority to control atmospheres and environments, just as Christ did when he was on the ship, he rebuked the wind and he spoke peace to the water, he came from what he had inside of him and he imputed it into the environment and the environment changed according to his declaration. We have that same power. We have the power to declare into the lives of our descendants and fully expect to see these things manifest. We have the authority to speak into our careers and have the assurance that when we declare a thing, it will be done. Well, I declared something and it, it shifted and it changed. Well, that's why we have to really press in and know Him and know what the Word of the Lord is. We have to know what the Word of the Lord is. Do you understand that the Scriptures that you have in your hand, 
were not once scriptures. God spoke them for you to be able to hold them in your hand. It's all the spoken word of God. It could be a prophetic word, which you have to weigh out in light of what God's already revealing to you and what God's already impressing upon your heart to see if it goes in sync with what God's calling you to do. But Paul told Timothy to recall the prophetic words that had gone on him. It said, gone on you. Those prophetic words have been placed on him like a mantle of anointing and calling that he was to carry that. And by those words, he would war a good warfare. Words carry life and death. We know this. Deuteronomy chapter 30. I want to read this a few to you right here. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 11 through, let's say, all of them, 20. This command I am giving, now I have a different translation possibly than you, but this command I am giving you today, and I honestly believe this is as if God himself were standing here talking to you and me. This command I'm giving you today is not too difficult for you to understand. And it is not beyond your reach. So God is making clear that what he is speaking to us is not too difficult for us to do. So that places the responsibility right back on us. We have a responsibility. We've been told by God it's not too difficult for us to do. It's not beyond our reach. It is not kept in heaven so distant that you have to ask, who will go up to heaven and bring it down so we can hear it or obey it? Now, look right here what he said. It's doable. And how did he say that it would be performed? It's not so difficult and it's not hidden in heaven that we would have to send somebody to heaven to come back down here so that we could what it? Hear it and obey. So when we hear the word of the Lord, the next step is our obedience. And what key we're focusing on. Now I'm not telling you this is the culmination of all theology or doctrine. I'm just telling you that this is a key that God said, Matthew 16, I will give you the keys, plural, to the kingdom. This is a key. It's not the only key. It's a key. You need to put it on your keychain, put it in your tool belt. This is a tool from the Lord. That when you hear the word of the Lord, obedience has to follow that hearing. And your obedience is the declaring, thus saith the Lord. God is trying to show us how to restructure our entire existence. He's trying to show you how to restructure everything that touches you or touches any of yours. Well, you know them old teenagers. Teenagers are just hellions and they're going to do what they do. There ain't nothing you can do about it. That's, That's an underlying lie that is flowing throughout and rendering the church helpless. If we don't have any authority, if we don't have any ability in our declarating things or declaring things or or seeing things that are not as though they were, calling things that are not as though they were, speaking things that are not as though they were, if we don't have any power and authority in that, then we are not like Christ. Then we are not His. Because that is exactly the power you see demonstrated through his life. So if somewhere down, this is why people want to take out apostles and prophets. This is why people want to 
disseminate and just totally and completely just take to pieces the understanding of Scripture because then the enemy has avenues to come in and undermine anything. If you can undermine the foundation of the church, which the Word of God says is the apostles and prophets, Christ being the chief cornerstone, if you can take that out, you can undermine anything. You can undermine any doctrine, any responsibility that says we have a responsibility through obedience to declare the Word of the Lord. That's why he silenced the prophets. That's why the enemy seeks to silence the prophets. Those Paul said, I wish that you all prophesied. If you can take prophecy out, the only avenue of the word of the Lord getting out is the written word and you reciting the written word. Then he's taken out at least half of your ability to hear the word of the Lord and declare the word of the Lord. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 30. It's not kept beyond the sea so far away that you have to ask who across the sea, bring it to us so that we can hear it and obey. Two things, hearing and obey. The obedience is the declaration. No, the message is very close at hand. What message? His message. His commands are very close at hand. They're where? On your what? Lips and in your heart so that you can obey it. So the word of God spoken, this is what God's saying, my commands that I've spoken, now they're on your lips. What does that mean? That means that God is wanting to partner with you. That his word is comprehended and heard by you, and then you, it's on your lips. It becomes on your lips, and you speak it. It's, it's, it's awesomeness. <laughs> it's the awesomeness of God that he would want to partner with me in this earth. That he would grant me not only the privilege of salvation and going to heaven, not only that, which that's cool. Agreed? That's cool. Eternal security or eternal uh, awareness that I will live forever, that's cool. I'm, I'm down with that. But that God would want me, me, because I know me better than any of you know me, that he would want to partner with me and that he would say, I grant you through the finished work of Christ the authority to hear my word and then speak my word in partnership with me. And not only that, I promise you that whatever you ask, Jesus said in my name, if you ask believing, you shall what? Have it. Wow. Nothing, this is something that the Lord's challenging me on. There is nothing in my life that is too far gone. There's no one in my life there's no situation in my life. There's nothing that I will come, there's no person I will come in contact with. There's no situation that I will hear about that is too far gone. Nothing is impossible. And God's challenging me and my faith in that. How many of you get reports you hear about somebody that's just gone? According to society, they're gone. They're gone. There's no hope. They're gone. And God is saying, that's not my report. That's not my word. That's my child. And this is what I say about them. This is how I see them. Now, you partner with me and declare that over them. 
because a blessing is always more powerful than a curse. Blessings always take precedent over curses. I want you to bless them because I'm trying to get to them, and I want you to partner with me and bless them so that my blessing will settle upon them and that in a moment of clarity, the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened in the knowledge of me and that they'll experience the same illumination you had. Any career, any, any life has value. Any person has value. No matter who they are or what they've done, they're still valuable. There, there is a value to them. They may have to pay retribution for their actions, but them in themselves, they're valued. And we have to be able to identify that and declare and speak over that. That's what we want to speak over, the value. The church has spoken over the, 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 the sickness we want to speak over the value. We want to bring that to the top and declare over that so that things can be created on that foundation. I'm not saying that you have to be one of these people that ignore facts. If you have children that are disobedient, there has to be, there has to be boundaries in any relationship. But discipline comes from a place of love, according to Scripture and Revelation. No, it's on your lips, it's in your heart. Now listen, today, this is the Lord saying, look, the word I'm speaking to you, all of you, is in your lips as well. And today you have to make a choice. Today I'm giving you a choice. Verse 15. Between life and death, between prosperity or disaster. For I command you this day, to love the Lord your God and to keep His commands, His decrees, and His regulations by walking in His ways. Now, I want to stop just there for a minute because the King James says commandments, statutes, and judgments. If you look up any of those three, they're all going to be related to a spoken word. It actually, statute actually means a song. Something that is song, sung or hummed. It's like, a, uh, it's like when David said, I'm going to encourage my song, myself in the Lord with songs, hymns, and spiritual songs, all these different things. It's statutes actually moves in that realm. But they're all three spoken. All three of these are spoken. So he said, today, I want you to follow these things. I command you to do these things that I have spoken over you to walk in them. If you do this, if you partner with the spoken word, and he said they're on your lips, so a partnering with the spoken word is also an acknowledgement and a declaration of that word spoken over you. If you do this, he says in verse 16, I will bless you and the land you're about to enter and occupy. So one of the ways that God dispatches people in regions with the thought of prospering them in that region, this church, Paul, by the way, Paul Metcalf, which is, is a valuable asset to this house, is in Anniston today. At another church, he got an opportunity. He has a really specific word of the Lord for them. And uh, he was so excited to get the invitation. And so that's where he is. But that church in Anniston has been given an assignment, a word from the Lord to take that region. We've been placed here. So what I'm, I just wanted to drop that in to say that our responsibility is to discern what does God want to do in this area. You know, this is our immediate territory. I understand that we have long-range plans and, and things globally, 
but to hear the commands, hear the statutes, hear the decrees of God in this region, partner with him by releasing those off of our lips. He says, if you do this, I will make your land prosperous as well. In other words, I will, I will become a continual resident in your region if you do this. So this is why I feel like it's so important to us because God is giving us instruction and keys on how to navigate the kingdom in this region. When I give you my commands over this region, when I give you my statutes, when I give you my decrees over this region, in your house and in this region, you partner with me by declaring, thus saith the Lord, and doing so, you become faithful in walking what I've said, I will bless this land and you as well. So it's a direct instruction on how to walk this out. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen and you're drawn away to serve and worship other gods, which could be anything, it's not Baal, it's not some Buddha statue, it could be anything, then I warn you that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long life, a good life in the land that you're crossing over to occupy. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. All of heaven, notice this, that all of heaven and all of earth is going to witness against the choice you make. That's very revelatory. That heaven is poised and earth is yearning to witness against me the choice I make. So if I choose life, heaven is there poised to enforce it, and the earth will gain from my decision. But if I choose death, heaven withdraws, and I've set for the devourer, and the earth will stand at witness against me that I did not walk in my true identity. Because earth yearns for us to be set forth as people of God in his presence and with his authority. So earth is waiting and heaven is looking to see which decision we're going to make today. Today's all you got. It's the only day you possess. Now even though we believe our declarations are turning generations, today is the only day we can set forth and declare and that heaven and earth have become aware of our decisions and our declarations. And you didn't think you mattered. You didn't think you were significant or that you could impact anybody, yet all of heaven and earth are waiting for your decision today. The people that you work beside, the business that you work for, the schools you attend, your friends, your parents, your siblings, your children, they are all yearning for you to take your place of authority and walk in presence. They're yearning for that. And they wait to witness the decision you make, whether you will or will not walk in it. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Many of you have children. How many of you have grandchildren? couple of them. He says that if you choose life, you and your descendants will live. I was praying one day, praying about 
I mean, if you have children, your children are always on your mind. It's just the way it is. I, I just I think about my kids all the time, wondering what they're doing, how their day's going, just declare things over them. And I was praying, and I was worrying, which the Word of God specifically tells you not to do. Because when you're worrying, you're not operating in faith. But hey, I'm human, so you throw stones if you have them. But I was worrying. And I said, God, how do I know that my kids are going to be all right? And he took me back through scriptures like this. And he said, because of your faithfulness. What? I told you that if you follow my commands and statutes, and you faithfully follow me, your children, your descendants will live. Now, that word live doesn't mean just take mortal life. It means live forever. He said, I've told you that if you bring up a child after me in pursuit of me to seek my face, when they grow old, they won't depart from that teaching and understanding. And he just took me through all that, and he said, because of your faithfulness. So we have an impact. He said, I've given you authority to open doors and close doors. We can close doors through generations that are non-beneficial to our benefactors, to our people, to our children. We can identify doors that we left open for the enemy to attack us. And then when Holy Spirit brings them to us, we can close that door. He said, once you close that door, no man can open it. If, if you have an addictive door open through the genealogy of your family, in the authority of God, you can close it. And the Word says, no man can open it. I close doors that no man can open, and I open doors that no man can close. I have to take you through a whole history of our authority in that revelation of who he is in us. The word says that we are the fullness of Christ, the body. And Christ was the fullness of the deity. God, Holy Spirit, Christ, living in us. We are not there, but we are pressing toward the fullness of Christ in the earth. And if Christ can open doors that no man can shut, he's given you the same authority. So I open doors through the generations that affect me and came through me, and I shut doors that Holy Spirit identifies to me to shut. Through that faithfulness, I can be assured that my descendants will live. I don't know about that. Hey. I'm talking about what's here. I'm talking about what I know. I'm talking about what God knows. You can know this. I don't know it now. Then let's agree. Paul said, I have faith. Help my unbelief. I have faith in certain areas. There's certain areas I've got weaker faith. Help my weak areas. The areas I need to grow in faith, God, help me through your grace. Empower me to become strong in faith in that area as well. And that's what we're all here for. We're here until the body grows into the maturity of Christ. The body, all of us. We all have strong areas. We have weaknesses. We have to celebrate our weak areas. Why? Because in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. If you don't bring your weaknesses into this thing, then you're not going to ever experience the perfect power of God. So we got to celebrate those. Celebrate weaknesses? Yeah. Expose them. We'll celebrate them together, and then we'll pray for you, and God's perfect power will be released in your weak areas, and you won't be weak there no more. That's what I mean by celebrating them. I struggle with this. Okay, praise God that you have the courage to tell me that. Now, 
God's strength is going to be made perfect in your weakness. And we're going to pray together. If, if this house don't become that, then there's no sense in even going any further. If we can't bring our weak areas to the front, I'm not saying I'm going to give you a mic and you sit up here and tell everybody what you did last week. We connect with people in this congregation because there's love and trust and we can expose that and the perfect peace of God and the perfect power of God can be revealed in those areas. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him and committing yourself to Him. This is the key to your life, verse 20. This is the key to your life. Well, I don't know why I'm here. What is the key to life? Verse 20. Love God, obey Him, and commit yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. And he says, on after that, if you do these things, I will satisfy you with long life. Well, we don't know the day and the time. You're right, brother. But I know there can be short lives and long lives depending on my declaration and my alignment. How many times in the Word do you say, with long life, will I satisfy you? Long life. Well, I know so-and-so. Hey, listen, facts don't trump truth. I understand all that. I don't have all the answers. I'm talking about what you knew. Paul also got bit by a viper and in 19 seconds should have been dead. But he had a revelation of his work in the earth. And he shook it off. As the aborigines stood around waiting to watch him die in awe. seconds comes and goes. Guess what? Paul's gathering some more firewood. Dude, what are y'all standing around looking at? Get some firewood. It's cold out here. Night's coming. Why are y'all staring at me? You should be dead. Look, for me to die would be gain. But to live is Christ. That means Christ has a purpose for me. He wants to bring something into the earth. And so you've got to get to that position to know and understand destiny. Exodus 33. I know you're, uh, if you don't have a padded chair, you're probably feeling me about right now. Pastor, please, for the love. The chairs we have coming have four and a quarter inch thick foam. Enjoy the excuse while you have one. One day Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, take these people up to the promised land. But you haven't told me whom you'll send with me. You've told me, I know you by name, and I look favorably on you. If this is true that you look favorably on me, let people say all the time, you shouldn't ask God why, you shouldn't ask God questions. That's not the, that's not the relationship I see in, in Scripture. Moses has been given a word of what to do. He wants some explanation as to, as to how this thing is going to go down. And he asks. All the Lord can say is, look, I ain't telling you. You can ask. I just I ain't telling you right now. Just, just do it. He says, uh, if it's true and you look favorable on me, let me know your ways. Let me know your ways so that I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you. Moses, I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Moses said, if you don't go personally with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorable on me, on me or any of the people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on earth. 
So Moses created a dialogue between him and God, and he said, what's going to mark us in the earth? We're going to be nothing more than just a regular church. We're going to be nothing more than one of these pop-up churches that last a couple of years, and then... And that's what people say, because I said it for these kinds of churches my whole life. I thought these little church plants were ridiculous and just stubborn, rebellious people who didn't want to be mentored and come up through the ranks and do it the right way. You know, I did not want to do this. When God said, I want you to plant a church, I said, that's ridiculous. Absolutely not. You know how I feel about that. And I thought I knew how he felt about that. See, you can even have an idea, and God can change that when he reveals to you how he really feels about something. And that's why it's an ever-learning process, ever-growing process. I used to teach if you love God, bless God, you'll obey his commands, and if you break one, you don't love him at all. Because he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So that means if you break one, you don't love him. And that's not true. We fell short of the glory, which everybody has done. But anyway... So he says here that what's going to mark us in this region, what's going to mark us where you're sending us to, is your presence. I'm telling you that what's going to mark us is our ability to hear the word of the Lord, declare the word of the Lord, obey the word of the Lord, and see a result. Otherwise, we're not going to be like anybody else. And what's going to accomplish that is presence. If we go into a school to do an assembly, and no one can tangibly sense his presence, we're no different than anybody else. Any, any nonprofit can do that. Any nonprofit can feed the sick. I mean, feed the hungry. Well, you can feed the sick too. But if you're real sick, you're really not hungry. Actually, when your hunger returns, it's a sign you're getting better. So that really doesn't work either way. But you're going to feed the hungry. Anybody can do that. You can clothe the naked. United Way feeds the hungry. I mean, atheistic nonprofits feed people. They clothe people. So I'm not saying those aren't godly things to do. They are godly things to do. It's the love attribute in you that causes you to want to do that. It compels you. And people don't even acknowledge that's a moral law written on the code of your heart that you are drawn to help people. That was only placed there by God. If you have that, where did it come from? It comes from God. But... What separates the true sons and daughters is that the presence actually comes with their obedience. They can lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. That's a presence issue. Buddhists can't do that. Atheists can't do that. Now they'll... I don't even want to go into that. There's There's a lot of things happening in the medical field about touch and, and, you know, thought and all that. But it's the power of God. It's the manifest presence of God that, that we carry, that we can produce, that we walk in. And when I say produce, I don't mean that negatively, but we walk in it such a way that the atmosphere shifts when we come in. That when we walk into people's homes or we walk into schools or we walk into career centers, that things shift and change. And people say, what just happened? And that's how we're marked as sons and daughters of God. And when we declare things, they happen. Because anybody can say something. 
The marking is going to be is their presence there to cause it to come into a manifestation in the earth. I'm telling you, we're declaring prosperity and a low um, unemployment rate in this area. We're declaring low, lower to zero teenage pregnancy in this area. We're declaring drug use decline down to zero in this area. All right, so we're making these declarations. These declarations should be measurable and actually manifest. If they don't, we're no different than anybody else. So we should be able to partner with the law officials, the school counselors, the health clinics, and we should see a decrease in this area. No burglary in this area. No crime. The crime rate's going to go down. Homicide rate over Birmingham. God, it is the, it is the worst city in the, in the United States. The number one city. Homicide per capita. We have some declarations to make. We see things on the news about Memphis or Atlanta. You living in it. You ain't ten minutes from the worst one on the planet. Or in these United States. Intercontinental United States. So there's some declarations that need to be made, and that's measurable. So God's saying, I want you to hear my word, partner with me, release it, and walk in a, in a faith walk with me that can actually create an environment for that declaration to manifest in the earth. And that's what we're doing. If everybody will stand, I'm done. That's what declarations are. They're a hearing of the word of the Lord. They're partnering in thought with that word. They're bringing into captivity every thought into the obedience of that word. And then it's declaring it out of your mouth. How many of you know declarations have to be said? It's great to go in there and read them as a devotion in the morning to yourself. But when you get to the declaration part, say it out loud. Whether you feel like it or whether you don't, say it. And take this list in the back of the book and declare it over you and your family. Because if I do this, he said, my descendants will live. Oh, what if? What if? No, listen, you're going to die. You're going to get ulcers and stomach cancer if you consistently think about the what ifs. What ifs will kill you physically. It's, doc it's documented fact that the what ifs, the worry, will kill you. I'm not going there. I am in control of what happens in here through the power of the Holy Spirit and the mercy and grace of God, I bring into captivity every thought. I declare and I meditate on the word of the Lord. I think about the word of the Lord. I think about his goodness. You are good. If you can't say anything else, sing that. You are good. You are good. It sets the framework for every ability to interpret any word. You are good. The enemy steals, kills, and destroys. You are good. That sets the context of information. Does anybody need prayer for anything? Man, don't you just love this little deal going on right here? I'm all excited about that. We big time now. I feel like Mike Bickle up here. Even got somewhere to sit a little thing of water. Moving on, celebrate the small things. Hey, that's right. Celebrate the small things, brother. We ain't been in business but going on three years before we could get one. Oh, Father, you are good. You are good. You are always good. You never change. 
There's no even resemblance of changing in you. You have always been good, and you will always be good. You have always set blessing in front of us. Christ said that I've come to give you life, and life more abundantly. Choose life. Choose life. Well, Jesus will curse you. No, you make that decision. You make that decision what you're going to partner with. God's begging you, basically, choose life that I can bless you and your descendants. So today, Father, in any area of our life, we're going to allow Holy Spirit to come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Into every one of our lives, including myself, come, Holy Spirit. If there's any area that we are not believing and choosing life in, Bring that to our mind, that today will be a day of declaration. Today will be the day that we'll be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Transformed minds transform regions. Father, we transform our, our mind by the renewing and by the hearing and by the obedience of the Word. Any area of our life, Holy Spirit, any area of our life where we've spoken death, where we've accepted death, where we've partnered with the lies of Satan that say it's not for you or you are not a person who can walk in that. That's a lie. Today we just declare over everybody in this region, you are good. (laughs) Oh, and anything that is not good is not from you. And we don't partner with it. Disease has to go. Sickness has to go. Poverty has to go. Addiction has to go. Anything that binds and brings death has to go. Because you are good. And you are always good. And you will always be good. <laughs> Anything in the lives of our children that is not good has to go because you are good. (laughs) Anything in my body that is not good. This this back soreness and this muscle tension in my back has to go because it is not good and it is not from you. I just speak. If you need healing, lay hands on yourself. I just speak healing into my body right now. I speak the goodness of God to be healed right now into myself. Healing rise up within me. Hallelujah. If there's anything about your situation that's not good, just declare. Let that be one of the declarations we make for the rest of today. You are good. I just feel like the word of the Lord today to you is He is good. He wants you to say that, know it, come into an an understanding that He is good, and that if it's not good, it wasn't from Him. Now, I understand, again, I want to reemphasize this. He said, in this life, you will have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the earth. I've overcome the world. I've overcome everything. Sometimes you can't speed up those dark nights of the soul, but you can definitely delay them. Don't ever do that. He is good. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you have to fear no evil, for He is with you. (laughs) Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You prepare us the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. 
how we'll walk in the realization of your goodness and your mercy throughout my entire life. That's paraphrasing. Because you're good. You are good. Meditate on that for a minute. You came in here maybe today and you had something in your life that wasn't good. He is good. He is good. Maybe it don't seem like your job, your children, any of that's going right. He is good. God is faithful. He is not man that he should lie. I just feel like Father is just declaring that to you this morning. He does not lie. He is faithful and he is always good. Wow. <laughs> That's powerful, man. <sighs> Guys, I love you. I'm not going to prolong this. I love you. I thank you. I honestly appreciate the fact that you guys are willing to pay the price. You had so many options this morning. You could have done anything. And you chose him. And I don't take that lightly. And I honor you for that. I honor you for that decision to choose him this morning. And he honors that and he's faithful to that. Because of that, you have, a, you have the promises. So, God bless you. Wednesday night, our chairs will be in. If you're here Wednesday night, we're going to uh, solicit your help. Because the chairs come with the bottoms on, but not the backs. There's something about shipping them and the way they stack up with the backs on. They don't ship them with the backs. So we got 100 chairs to put backs on. 21-inch wide chairs and big backs. So we need your strong backs to come Wednesday night. Everybody who can, we're going to have a little devotion, then we're going to put backs on chairs. Yes. Tomorrow night, we start prayer back. Monday nights, every other Monday night, the second and fourth Monday night of each month, we'll have prayer on Monday nights here. It starts tomorrow night. 